Hey, I'm Bryce. I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Jonathan, and you're listening to Electric City Buzz, the podcast about all things Anderson. This podcast is sponsored by Still Family Law, LLC. Are you going through a difficult time in your family life? Do you need legal advice and representation from a trusted family law firm? Look no further than Still Family Law in Anderson, South Carolina. Led by attorney Greg Still, their experienced legal team is dedicated to helping individuals and families navigate the complex and emotionally charged terrain of family law. Whether you're dealing with divorce, child custody, child support, or any other family law matter, they are here to provide compassionate and effective guidance. Still Family Law understands that every family is unique and that each case requires personalized attention. That's why they take the time to listen to your concerns and goals and work with you to develop a strategy that best fits your needs. Don't face your family law issues alone. Call Still Family Law today at 864-734-4650 to schedule a consultation and take the first step towards a brighter future. Now presenting Kyle Newton, Assistant Superintendent of District 5 and City Council Seat 1. Cool. Well, today we are uh, joined by a very special guest, a uh, friend, a mentor um, of, of mine. We have Kyle Newton, um, who is the <laughs> assistant superintendent for Anderson School District 5, um, city council seat number one, correct? Yes, okay. sir. Awesome. Um, yeah, we've been looking forward to getting Kyle on for a little bit. We, we try and kind of touch a bunch of different aspects of um, Anderson. You know, we've had some nonprofits on. Um, we've had local businesses. Um, we had some local government, which we'll kind of, you know, talk about w- with you today. But education is also a big factor of, you know, what, what's going on in Anderson right now. So we're excited to, to learn a little bit more about kind of District 5. So thank you for joining us today, oh, Kyle. Appreciate the opportunity. I Absolutely. really do. Absolutely. I really do. Um, well, yeah, let's, let's just kind of jump right in. So... Where are you from originally? I actually don't know. We've probably talked about this before. Georgia. But yeah, what, what part of Georgia? Oh, gosh, the the great state Georgia. of Georgia. That's right. That's okay. right. Yeah, so I grew up about 50 miles south of Atlanta. Okay. A small town called Barnesville, Georgia. Okay. Yep. So and uh, my wife and I, we've moved several times. Uh, so actually, we moved four times in four years Shoot. before we came to Anderson. And where did so, you go to school? Uh, so I went to the University of West Georgia, okay. which is out in Carrollton. And studied? Uh, yep, uh, political science. Okay, right yep. on. And then uh, actually, uh, I started graduate school while I was still in Georgia, and then I got my MPA from Clemson. So I got indoctrinated once I moved to to the upstate. Yes, sir. So, you know, uh, so that, that was uh, a fun little ride. And my wife, actually, when we came up here, she got her master's degree from Anderson University. Go so, Trojans. Yep, right that's on. right. That's right. So what all have you done? I mean, you're, you're a district five now, but you said you moved four times in four years. Was that mm-hmm. all career-based, or what did that look like? Yeah, a lot of it was. Uh, so after I graduated with my degree in political science, and actually while I was still working on my degree, I took a job for the state legislature in Georgia. So I worked for the Georgia General Assembly for a couple of years. So I was a legislative aide. And that's actually how I got into education. I was assigned to staff the education committee. Okay. Actually. Uh, Funny enough, I asked for the higher ed committee. And so they said, nope, you know, not going to put you there. But they put me on the K-12 committee, which actually turned out great. So I worked for a great legislator there, uh, the Senate, the chairman education committee at the time. He let me do a lot of stuff with policy. So I really kind of got into the policy aspect of things. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after a couple of years working for the General Assembly, uh, the State Department of Education hired me in Georgia. Okay. So I did that for a while. So I worked in governmental affairs. So I got to work with the General Assembly, the governor's office. And so I was able to kind of learn education from that side of things. Okay. And my wife at the same time, she's a special ed teacher. Okay. Um, so I was able to come home every day and talk to her about different education aspects and then when this opportunity presented itself in Anderson, uh, you know, I talked to her about it. Mm-hmm. And again, being a special ed teacher, the advantage is 
pretty much every school district in the country is always looking for those. Yeah. So her, her job was very flexible. That's awesome. So she knew that, you know, pretty much about anywhere we moved, she would have a job opportunity. So she that's was very good. supportive and pulled the trigger and came to Anderson 10 years ago. Wow. wow. That's yep. awesome. Yep. It's cool to hear that you're, um, I didn't know that your, your wife is a SPED teacher. Yep. So that's, that's super cool. That's awesome. I think one of the, one of the kind of important things, especially in education nowadays is that, um, you know, we, you don't want to, we want to be hands on and have like classroom, um, you know, just wherewithal, not just like blindly making policy. Um, mm. And to have somebody that's obviously so close to you in education to be like, what is this like from a classroom perspective? Not just on paper, but you know, does this make sense? I think that's cool that, you know, you had that relationship so, so close to you. Uh, oh yeah. No, I mean, having somebody to kind of bounce things off of and kind of the boots on the ground yeah, perspective. Yeah. No, I mean that, that helps a ton. Um, and so, cause a lot of times, you know, you don't want there to ever be a disconnect from, mm-hmm. you know, what you're doing administratively versus the actual impact on the classroom. Correct. So, yeah, no, I mean, having someone who, who sees how things are implemented each and every day and, you know, has a variety of experiences. And, again, you know, she's got experience from Georgia and she's worked in a couple of different schools here. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I think the more experiences you can have, you know, okay. sometimes it, it broadens that perspective. So, is that's she, definitely beneficial. Is she in D5? Uh, she has been. She's staying home this year okay. because we have a six- and seven-year-old. Right so, on. she's staying home this year. Uh, actually, today— So, you her boss at one point? Absolutely not. No, never. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. That's a, Let that go on record. Yes, yes, absolutely not. No, no. no I mean, that's, a, that's my phone for that. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. He's going to set you up. Yeah, exactly, I know. Yeah, I thought this was a safe space. Yeah. We said we weren't having any red tape questions. That's right, that's you, right. You pass a fine colors. <laughs> that's cool. Well, what was that transition like for you coming into a new state and coming into a, an assistant uh, superintendent role kind of talk us through that transition and, and what that journey was like for you. Yeah, no, it was interesting. It's funny because I look back now, it seems just like a natural thing. From the moment I thought about moving to the moment we moved was about two weeks. Wow. Um, so it was like, hey, you <laughs> oh. know, I, th- I think, you know, this is an opportunity. I'm going to investigate it. Bam, got the job, took the job, rented a 16-foot Penske truck, threw everything we owned at the time in it. And, wow. You know, but in some ways it was kind of simple. Uh, that Again, that was prior to having the six- and seven-year-old, yeah. too. Yeah. So, you know, logis- mobile. logistically yeah. it was a little easier just to pick up everything and, and move. Um, and so, yeah, we landed in Anderson at uh, 2 a.m., you know, and wow. we haven't been back since. We, we Actually, we loaded up the moving truck. We were going to move everything, and actually our air conditioning, the place we rented, went out that day. And this was in June, so it, it was about 92 degrees. We're like, you know what? Just leaving now is good. So we picked yeah. up, took everything with us, and uh, we rented a house for a year, and then we moved actually into city council seat one yeah. uh, into our neighborhood over near Concord elementary. And no, we've been, we love the upstate. It's home, you know, for, especially for people who've bounced around a lot, kind of mm-hmm. growing up, you know, it's nice to kind of settle down and be in a place for yeah. an extended period of time. So we love it. And, you know, kind of piggyback on Jonathan's question. What's it like going from the legislative side to more of like the actual, like what you're saying now yeah. you're now in a boots on the ground position where yeah. it's, you were working at the state level, mm-hmm. but now you're in a position of administration and like an, a, you know, working for the district what has that transition been like from the policy making aspect to then now working you know on the in the do yeah it's definitely a different perspective uh you know statewide especially coming from a a large state such as georgia You know, to where, you know, you had, you know, 180 school districts in Georgia. Wow. And so, you know, moving here, there's 83. So just the Whew. just that, you know, that that's that's a pretty big change in of itself. Uh, coming here, it was interesting coming to Anderson because there's, there's five. I was like, okay, I'm not used to this concept. You know, why are there five school districts here? Why are there seven in Spartanburg? And just historically how these districts are formed, how they consolidated yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And so just learning the history of a new place and why 
things are the way they are. Uh, it, it's funny because, you know, for those who've moved different states or even to districts, it's funny because some of the times the terminology may be similar, but they can mean vastly different things. Yeah. Um, so I, even working with the legislature, coming from a state to where you had such a strong legislature to coming to South Carolina, uh, I'm sorry, it's coming from a state where you had such a strong governor to come to a state now where you have such a strong legislature and the impact that has on policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was kind of a unique perspective to see, you know, coming here to where a lot of stuff is driven from Columbia, much more so than in other states, uh, which is fine. I mean, every state does things differently, but it, it was a unique perspective I guess I had you know moving from a policy not necessarily making role but I was working in a support role in Atlanta coming to the local level we're like okay now we're tasked with actually implementing these policies and it's funny because some things that we're doing now I I saw years ago in Georgia they were doing some things vice versa so you know states are constantly picking and choosing hey you know we're going to take this idea or implement this idea same way school districts and schools and classrooms do yeah you know you're looking at best practices and hey what can we implement to make our schools better our classrooms better yeah how many, um, break down some of the numbers for, for mm-hmm. D5, how many students, how many high schools, middle schools, elementary schools, stuff R- like that? Right now we have a little over 12,000 students. We wow. have 24 school mm-hmm. sites, including 21 just traditional schools. We also have things like adult education and okay. things like that that we manage. Uh, one thing that's, it, it's been around for several years now that's still kind of a marquee item for Anderson 5 and really Districts 3, 4, and 5 is Anderson Institute of Technology. So that still yep. draws a lot of attention because mm-hmm. it serves three school districts, you know, $34 million facility. If people haven't been in there, you know, please come check it out. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's so what all that, goes on over there. Uh, career and technical education. And, and, you know, that's one thing that I think, uh, I don't want to say the upstate struggles with it, but that's one thing when people hear, oh, technical education, they think back, oh, you know, the textile mills. Mm-hmm. You know, they think of uh, career technical education is, okay, they're going to be climbing under a loom, fixing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But as you gentlemen know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, you know, advanced manufacturing is a little bit different nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, going to Bosch, going to TTI, going to BMW, and you'll see that uh, – you know, the, the, where they operate and where they work is a lot different than working in an old textile mill. But a lot of that is just kind of that ingrained mentality of, okay, no, I, you know, I don't want my child to go down this path. But that's a very lucrative path to go down for it a is. lot of our students, mm-hmm. you know, and immediately there's a lot of job opportunities. And it's cool to hear you say that. Both my parents are educators in Greenwood District 50, mm-hmm. um, dad at the high school level, mom at the middle school level. Um, but, yeah, I think the the stigma for, for a while was, you know, pushing college on anybody and everybody that could, you know, that was – able to and that there's nothing wrong with going to college i have a four-year degree and i'm very thankful for it um but my dad used to always tell people i mean he teaches ap stats and he also teaches college prep level stats and he always would you know tell people hey listen my you know mechanic makes twice as much as i do every year and i don't give a rat's behind what he made on his sat he said he takes good care of my car and he does good work. And I think also, you know, I've heard people from Bosch and, you know, Michelin, some of these TTI guys that, that you were saying, it's like, we need these, 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 you know, manufacturer workers and to be able to come straight out of high school with the education and the assets that you guys are providing at yeah. AIT to make the salary that you could make at 19 years old, straight out of high school with upward growth potential in some of these manufacturing positions. I mean, that is... I think of like mechatronics right now. I mean, mechatronics no. is like the biggest thing in pretty much every industry right now. And that y'all are preparing these kids to be well equipped, uh, well equipped right out of high school is is awesome. Oh, yeah. That AIT campus is next level. Yeah, I mean, coming from, coming from Georgia myself, I you know some people would go to technical schools, especially in South Georgia where I'm from. But but when I got here and I saw that 
um, students at our church that were still college prep bound were still taking classes at AIT and taking like uh, what was it aeronautical engineering classes. Oh, yeah. I mean the 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 creativity and spaces that you offer these students and avenues to explore is unreal uh, for me. What what was kind of in that? How do you in your position? How do you kind of go about? getting people engaged in and putting that message out that mm -hmm. like, Hey, technical education is also very important as well. How, how, how do you mm -hmm. kind of get that out from your space? I think one of the big things is just exposure. Cause you know, the more students you can get there yeah. in, into that mm -hmm. facility early on so they can see what it really is. So trying to catch them on the front end, you know, catch them freshman year, just get in there and, you know, and sometimes it's not even about going through there to find what you like to do. Sometimes it's, Hey, you know, find something you don't like to do. Yep. Like, hey, you know, mm -hmm. I have a great idea. I really want to be a vet. Process you know, exactly. <laughs> and all of a sudden you get in there and you're working, you know, in the barn, you know, so it's a huge barn out back, you know, with livestock. Sometimes, you know, they'll have a horse in there you can do. We have affiliation agreements where they can actually uh, watch vets, you know, do surgery and things like that on, you know, on large animals. And you're like, you know what, actually, I hate blood. Or I hate <laughs> yeah, doing this. Yeah, so, yeah. hey, you know, maybe this isn't the route for me. Yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of it's process of elimination, like you said, you know, because, uh, you know, finding yourself in college is a very expensive time to find yourself. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. My goodness. Telling an 18-year-old kid to go out and say, I need you to make a $200,000 commitment to what you want to do for the rest of your life is crazy. No, yeah. But we do it every, I did it. I, I had no clue what I wanted to do. Yeah. But yeah, that that exposure and stuff like that is 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 super cool. You're giving kids the opportunity to be exposed to so many different potential career paths at mm -hmm. such oh, yeah. an early age. Oh, yeah. So that's awesome. So you moved here 10 yep. years ago yep. um, uh, for the for the district position. Now, is this the position you're in right now? Is that the position you were hired for? Uh, this role has kind of morphed since I've been there. So okay. I was kind of fortunate to be able to kind of grow it kind of myself and kind of expand upon it. So a lot of it's just community-based things. Uh, you know, I did a lot of work originally, which I really enjoyed because it opened up opportunities for me just in the community, you know, working with nonprofits, working with local government, you know, working with our legislative delegation. So I was able to interact early on uh, with all those organizations and all those people, which are those are the things that I really enjoy doing, mm -hmm. uh, forming those relationships, especially early on, because, you know, the best time to make a friend is when you don't need one. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, so, you know, making those contacts early on and it, it's paid dividends is, you know, there, there's always something that kind of comes up or people you need to work with or, or, you know, help or assistance you need from, again, you know, nonprofits, local government, state government. So uh, so that was kind of a role that I was able to expand on and uh, turn into the leadership role that uh, I have now. And, you know, it's a small department. Uh, you know, it was really just uh, myself and then Brooke Cole, y'all, you know. Rockstar. Uh, yep, yeah, exactly. So, shout out, Brooke. Yep, yep. So a little shout out to Brooke. So Brooke manages pretty much all, like, all the social media stuff and a lot of the, the, the community aspect of, uh, you know, serving with United Way, mm -hmm. Backpack Snack Pack, does our campaign for United, uh, United Way. Yeah. And so that that's huge. I mean, you know, having Anderson 5 have a presence on those sort of committees and with those organizations is important because, I mean, we're serving this community. You know, we're serving the Anderson community. Yeah. What advice would you give someone, you know, you were talking about plugging into the community and mm -hmm. I, I, I see you in the community all the time. What, what advice would you give to someone 
on how to plug in? What were ways that you were able to plug in? And if I could interrupt real quick, you talk about plugging in. You are currently involved with the chamber. Right? I, yeah, I've been. So in, that's yep. the title I forgot mm, yes. to, to mention. Yeah. So yeah. Kyle is the chief chairman, chief, yeah. chief engineer of the chamber. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a cool. That's a cool title. That, that sounds cooler than chair. Chairman of the the chamber, chamber board. Yep, so yep. yeah, but anyhow. Yeah, I mean, the Chamber's a great example. I mean, I was involved with the Chamber right when I first moved here, um, you know, in 2013. Uh, actually, Lee Luff, he was he was uh, the CEO of the Chamber at the time. Uh, so I was able to work with him for a couple of years before Pam Christopher was hired to, to be the new leader, the new CEO. Uh, so the Chamber's a great organization. That helped tie me in to, to other ones. Um, United Way, same way. Got tied into them pretty early and and just the people you meet at those functions and events uh there's a lot of overlap in anderson i'm mm-hmm. sure people have noticed that oh so, yeah so a lot of the the same people in different meetings sometimes mm-hmm. uh but you no know, the chamber was a great example um you know it was able to to tie in with people that I, in the future i got to serve with on city council uh mm-hmm. there's people i've met you know hospital anderson university so you know a lot of those legacy institutions have a great representation uh, for a lot of the civic organizations in town. So just yeah. getting involved with that's been great. And yeah, so I mean, this year I'm fortunate to serve as chair of the chamber. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're fortunate Grateful to, to yeah, and we, we bought a building this year. So that's pretty cool yeah. right off the bat. So, yeah. you know, it's been coming a pretty in and good. Making moves. I know, coming in strong. Right? That's right, yeah. you know, coming in strong. So, <laughs> better be careful. They're going to they're, they're let you leave next that's year. Right. That's right. right. So, you know. Well, well that's cool. So, um, this is not the only hat you wear. You you did mention that you came in and pretty quickly got involved in local government. So yeah. what was that process like? I mean, obviously politics um, is something that you've had a, a passion for at a, at a young age. I mean, you studied mm-hmm. it all throughout school and then got involved in Georgia. Did you... Is this always something you wanted to do? Did you know that you wanted to get involved in local government? What was kind of that process like of getting plugged in for Anderson City Council? Yeah, no, it's it's not something that I grew up aspiring to do. It was something that was always interesting, uh, but I know, as with a lot of things, timing is everything. So I think there's a lot of times where, you know, opportunity maybe doesn't present itself, but just in this case, uh, you know, I was sitting there in 2016, Steve Curvin, who had held seat one for quite some time, was getting an appointment by the legislative delegation to become the master in equity for the county. I was sitting there, I was like, okay, that's my representative, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. who represents me on city council. I kind of talked to my wife about it, who was pregnant at the time, and she's like, hang on now. And uh, <laughs> yep. and so I was like, nah, you know, it's fine. I don't think it'll take too much time. And uh, so I kind of missed a mark on that. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, and so I still remember the, the first day I really considered was uh, in January of 2016. The news had come out that he was probably going to get that appointment from the legislative delegation. And I went to the mayor's uh, Martin Luther King Day breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so I started kind of talking to a few people there like, hey, you know, what have you heard? Uh, do you know of any interest in it? Um, and, you know, a few names have been tossed out, but, you know, it felt kind of right at yeah. the time. Uh, I felt like, you know, I could provide for the district and, you know, bring a, a good viewpoint to council. So met with some people, and then I think qualifying was in April. So, you know, I went in there, signed on the dotted line, then got yeah. after it and ran a campaign and won a special election So yeah. Yeah, in 2016. So, How old were you? Uh, when I won, I was 27. Okay. Yeah. So If there was somebody out there that was young and interested in politics mm-hmm. and considering running for a local government position one day, what would you – what, what kind of advice would you give that person that wanted to get involved in local politics? Yeah, uh, kind of like I talked about earlier, just, you know, go ahead now and start getting involved in 
civic organizations come to meetings, come to council meetings. And a lot of times people just think of, you know, oh, you know, you've got county council or city council, but there's planning commissions, board of architecture reviews, zoning appeals board. So there's a lot of other things that are tied in with that that gives you exposure to local government because local government is different. I mean, it's this the closest level of government to the people. Yep. Uh, and so there's a ton of advantages to that because, uh, I mean, I'm representing people daily who I live beside, you yep. know, my neighborhood. My neighbors may ask me something. It's a little bit different than, okay, I'm going to call uh, call an office in Columbia or call Washington, D.C. Like, no, they know who I am, you know. <laughs> Earlier today, I was at Concord Elementary at Awards Day. So, I mean, these people know me as uh, – I was with my son, Adam. You know, I was with him all day, but they also know, oh, you know, that's the guy, you know, hey, if, you know, my trash isn't picked up, that's who you're going <laughs> to call. So, you know, and so there's great aspects to that, but it's challenging in its own way. Yeah. Uh, but – just jump in and, you know, talk to people that you trust, uh, you know, call, you know, chamber type people, call United Way type people, call, you know, people that you know that are elected. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to be accessible. I've talked to people. We've done forums before about mm-hmm. how to run for office because it is different running for office. It's one thing helping someone. It's actually, it's a lot different being that person, yeah. having your face mm-hmm. on a mailer or knocking on a door. It feels very unnatural. It felt very unnatural to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. What, um, when you're, one thing that's always kind of blown my mind about serving in that, in a local civic organization is you get a lot of different, like you were talking about trash not being picked up or litter on the side of the streets. How do you take that from a complaint to an actionable, Mm -hmm. um, resolution typically? Yeah. So we operate under a council manager form of government, uh, you know, Terrence Roberts is the mayor. I've listened to his uh, his episode yeah, already. Yeah, so I, I knew yeah. he dropped council manager, so uh, I figured yeah. I'd do the same yeah. on it. Uh, and so, you know, we have a, a CEO, a city manager, who's kind of tasked with the day-to-day operations. Now, something like that I could send on to him. But at this point, you know, I would know that, you know, for the city of Anderson, that's Mr. Ken Mullinax. You know, he's over public works. And I could shoot him a quick text and say, hey, look, you know, Mr. Cawthon, you know, his trash wasn't picked up or he's got some limb debris. Uh, you know, for something kind of simple like that. Now, the funny thing is, you know, that's an issue. And, you know, you may have that. And, and to that person at that moment in time, that's the biggest issue that they're facing. Yeah, right. And, you mm-hmm. know, you want to realize that, you know, they want to be heard. They want to see a response. Um, so there's really never anything. I, truthfully, I don't mind getting questions like that because those are usually pretty easy to solve. Truthfully, yeah. It's mm-hmm. a lot harder. Um, you know, someone may be very angry about, you know, my road needs to be repaved. I'm like, maybe yeah you know we'll get out there and you know we can check it out and put it on the paving list but that's usually not a fast uh, solution especially because when (laughs) there's probably about 50 roads ahead of you so things like those are the challenging ones where you know people want to see a resolution to a problem but it's not necessarily clear cut and again you know sometimes things move a lot slower than people want but that that's government they don't understand too a lot of times how what agency or what government entity does what at any given yes. time so that that's a challenge because a lot of times it may be a state road you know dot's involved or oh, actually you know i'm city council you need to call county council um so that there's a lot of different layers of government and, I, and it's confusing for people sometimes so i always try to help people navigate those waters there's times to where i never looked at street signs so closely until i was elected you know because i used to assume hey i'm in the city this is probably a city road well yeah. odds are it's probably not actually <laughs> yeah. uh, but if you know you're going to call me if you had a pothole so yeah you know so there's a lot of different layers to it what's one aspect of being on um, local government that you didn't necessarily expect whether it be good or bad where you're like whoa i never thought i'd be handling like 
this issue. I never thought I'd get to do, you know, this type of thing. Like what was a surprise where I was like, Oh, this is something as a, yeah. like as a, you know, council member that does fall under my jurisdiction, yeah. good oh, yeah. or bad. I mean, it yeah. could be positive or negative. Well, I mean, the fun stuff that I've always thought about and the stuff that I really do enjoy, you know, like public private partnerships, stuff mm-hmm. like that's awesome. You know, those are the cool things that you actually get to see or, you know, ribbon cuttings and yeah. all that's the fun, cool stuff. Yeah. But it's the, the non-sexy stuff such as, Hey, you know, we were, place 300 linear square foot of you know pipe underground like you don't do ribbon cuttings <laughs> yeah. for that yes. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, it's necessary. exactly yeah. yeah well you know all of a sudden you know if someone can't get water to or from where they want it to go or mm-hmm. get it away from that that those become huge issues yeah uh but you know you you typically don't hear uh great things or big you know giant announcements with stage and ribbons when you know you're replacing a sewer line or things like yeah. that uh so that and that's actually a huge part of local government you know oh, yeah. it's just all those little fun little things so uh my favorite part hands down is i really enjoy a lot of the economic successes we've had lately uh I, you know i kind of hit on public private partnership a&P Plaza, you know, North Main Commons, things like that in our time to where, you know, that was fun to see that project from the beginning to the end. Yeah. Um, and that started several years ago. I worked with a local developer. We were able to, to bring something great to downtown Anderson, the hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. That was another great thing. You know, the parking deck and then getting up on the roof. Yeah. I mean, so these are things that it takes several years to get. Yeah. But it's it was fun because those are projects to where I've been on the whole time we've done those. And, and so that's fun. And just seeing – Great things come to downtown, and, and the city's growing, uh, So, you, which we need growth. We need, you know, mm-hmm. controlled, smart growth, but you have to have growth. I think everybody recognizes that, and we're going to be growing whether we want to or not because, I mean, it, you look at the population changes, demographic changes. People mm-hmm. are moving here every single day. They're moving to the upstate. They're moving to South Carolina. So uh, housing's always a big deal. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why we're not as impacted as other parts of the country with the housing market. Um, but yeah, no, me personally, I love the focus of, you know, helping people at the individual level and then seeing the, the growth in downtown. Um, I, again, I mean, I, I point North main commons all the time is that that's, that's what you want to see out of local government, you know, providing something like that for those that you serve. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, have, um, with Anderson growing as much as it is and kind of getting a, a facelift, mm-hmm. um, over the past couple of years, what have you seen that Anderson needed that you guys have actually came through and, and fixed? Um, yeah, I mean, I think. The hotel was a huge win just because of what it allows you to do and grow into. I mean, mm-hmm. we have, uh, you know, one of our legacy institutions, Anderson University. Uh, and so the sheer number of people you have here for, say, a graduation or an event. So it's nice now having those people downtown. Soon to be yeah. football. Exactly. Soon to be football. Got to stay know. somewhere. Exactly. Yep. Black and gold. So, yeah. no, it, it's being able to uh, attract people and, and keep them downtown. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be like a bedroom community where just people are, you know, coming and, you know – going and spending their money elsewhere yeah. i think the more that we can attract I, I think that's why you're seeing such a big push for having more housing located mm-hmm. next to downtown uh recently you know within the last few months palmetto lofts opened up which was great they had a great guy playing guitar there that day if i remember correctly some so, random yeah some guy yeah, in so, glasses yeah, probably. yeah so some random, random guy yeah. so, I, wonder, um, I wonder if he uh, does other stuff besides <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh <laughs> we'll put my email in there <laughs> yes, yes, yes um so no so i mean i, I think the more 
people you see walking the streets and, you know, spending money downtown, checking out the shops. You want to make sure it's, you know, friendly for families. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's a huge deal for me right now at the stage of life that I'm in. Um, I think that even since I've been on there, council's changed a lot in the, the priorities and the ideas of council. I think everybody recognizes we're at a great time right now. You know, we, we have some momentum and just to keep building upon that momentum. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think announcing some new successes every few months has, has been great uh you know just the other day i was up on the roof and just seeing the amount of people that i knew but even better than that seeing people that i've never seen before that are out yep. you know spending money downtown having a good time with family so you know that's what you want you want to you know keep churning that over the more yep. the more you can get the lots are huge we got the thunderbird under construction right yep. here we've also talked about this new apartment complex that's coming over on murray that's yep. going to be awesome but i'm excited to see you know um, I think I think Anderson's got a lot of good foot traffic downtown right now, but I I'm really excited to see, especially with this new apartment complex coming over here, just oh, yeah. how you know walkable and the the way that Anderson's going to shift you know outwards. I think um, mm-hmm. Main Street has gotten a, a good facelift over the years and will continue to, but yeah. we're starting to see it going you know more horizontally, yeah. which yeah. is which is cool. Yeah. So having that apartment complex over there where people can come and walk downtown and that's one thing that we've talked about Andrew Strickland is harped on um, mm-hmm. in a good way that if a downtown wants to succeed, you have to have people live in downtown. Yes. Um, so it's cool that now, like you say, it's a responsible way, but it's cool that we're kind of trickling on. So the loss and the Thunderbird and this other, um, yeah. you know, this other um, uh, apartment complex over here, I've heard that because of this apartment complex that another brewery is interested, you know, uh, in, in potentially coming and opening up. So it's, mm-hmm. it's the ripple effect of, you know, if mm-hmm. you build it, they will come and, you know, living entices uh, restaurants, it entices um, breweries, it entices shopping. It all of those things come along with people being in a, can, you know, in a downtown closed mm-hmm. area. And and, w- and with that, I'd love to know if you had a, a dream and you could kind of forecast of like something you would love, or if is there something that you've been dreaming about, not just bringing to Anderson, but what's kind of like your dream goal over the next few years uh, things that i would like to see done uh hands down great question yes Jonathan. yes you know uh hands down i want to pave main street uh that's pretty high on my list of yeah. things that I, i've wanted to see done for quite some time and i think we're getting closer and closer towards that um so I, i've brought that up six years in a row now wow. i guess um but i think we're at that point to where i mean we've got to figure out a way to make that investment downtown so i, yeah. I haven't shot away from that uh, and then I, I would like to see more infill, truthfully, in the city in regards to there's still some stuff. I, I view almost North Main Commons, you know, where Magnetic South is, all the way down to the hotel, the home two suites. I feel like those are kind of bookends mm-hmm. right now, and I would like to see infill because mm-hmm. uh, there's some great buildings and facilities that could definitely be utilized. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to see more of that. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a lot of restaurants. We have a good amount of retail, but we need more residential. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, it kind of comes back to that. If we can get more people downtown spending money and also, you know, attract more, maybe a handful more of white collar jobs for people, you know, maybe after work or, you know, spending some money, you know, going to Suma Joe's, going yeah. to Magnetic, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, that, yeah. that will spur a little bit more progress, I think. One thing that we've kind of rolled around the idea of we may have to implement next season is a little sneak peek, but I think this goes along well with you, but, um, uh, my Ayla, uh, my girlfriend's a, a third grade teacher in, um, in 
uh, at North Point in District 5. And we rolled around the idea. Jonathan's talked about if you could do anything, you know, if, if you had a, a passion project. But we, we thought about, you know, asking some third graders, you know, whether it be in her class or not, but just asking some D5 students at like the elementary level, like a nine-year-old in Anderson. Like if you were mayor for the day, oh, yeah. what would you do in Anderson? You know, whether it be a water slide downtown or anything like that. I think that'd just be a fun idea to oh, yeah. hear what, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-olds want to see coming slip, to Anderson. Slip, slip and slide on Main Street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we may have to... <laughs> to see, you know, a permanent petting zoo downtown or just some of the ideas that they would come up with. I think yeah. the imagination of kids is, is, is really cool. But One of the greatest opportunities that I have in the, like the city council role is going to classrooms and speaking to kids. Actually, yeah. the mayor and I went to North Point last year okay. and talking to them and some of the hard-hitting questions they ask. Cause, right. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, truth spoken from the mouth of babes. Yes. The expression yeah, is, well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they pitted Terrence and I against each other. Cause <laughs> yes. No, because the hard-hitting question was, well, what do you have, a cat or a dog? Ooh. And so, and I think Terrence is you know a dog guy and i'm a cat guy and i was way like outnumbered yes <laughs> yeah. so it was kind of hard yeah. yeah so i mean you know it's and plus you know and i'll tell terrence all the time he has a much cooler title too because you know oh, mayor, the mayor. So, exactly yeah. so you know i have a video of my son uh you know before i go to city council one day he's like are you going to see the mayor there i'm like yes so, will you tell him hey i'm like yeah. yes you know i'm like man like you know can i get any kind of love? yeah yes. a- Ayla's classroom went toward the the city hall one day or whatever and she said that like you know, Mayor Terrence Roberts was down there and was very, you know, personal with the kids. And I had the same perspective as a kid. I thought the mayor should be walking around with like Secret Service, you know, <laughs> yeah. guards and yeah. stuff like that. But when you're eight, that's just, that's like the guy. That's no, the closest yeah. thing to the president that you'll oh, ever yeah. see. Yeah. But Ayla said that she had kids like being like, I'm never washing my hand. Yeah. But like, she was like, they shook the mayor's hands and they're like, oh, yeah. I'm never washing this hand after touching Terrence Roberts, which is just hilarious. But yeah, that's cool. So how do you, how do your hats, like, uh, your positions intertwine? I mean, do, do you ever find yourself where, like, there's a D5 issue that also is pertinent to, to city council issues? And how do you discern that? Yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you work those two hand-in-hand hand without prioritizing one more than the other and still try to keep the general population's best interest in mind? Yeah, I think the good thing is generally pretty much most projects or things that I work on – or for the greater good of the community, whether it's school-based, city-based, mm-hmm. or anything. I think one thing that uh, I always really try to stress and build on and, and work at is building relationships. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I think, you know, between school board, city council, county council, legislative delegation, we're all serving kind of the same community. Now, we're in different roles and different aspects, and there are times you don't necessarily agree, but just getting people together at the table uh, – a good example of that is like school resource officers, SROs. So Anderson 5 has an SRO in every single school. Well, that takes a partnership with the city police department and the sheriff's office. Yep. And so we're going to meet a lot of meetings together talking about school safety. I think that's paramount to yep. everyone right now. Yep. You know, we implemented Evolve weapons detection systems at Westside and Hannah. So, you know, we talked to the sheriff's office about that. So there's a lot of interconnectivity when it comes to those types of things. Yeah, I mean, sometimes disagreements arise, but the good thing is, you know, I think everybody's pulling kind of in the same direction. Uh, that's one thing that I enjoy a lot about our city council is because, you know, we, we don't always vote the same way or we may disagree at times, but there's really not anyone on there that I couldn't call for help on any given issue on yeah. any given mm-hmm. day. And that's important. I mean, you know, there's 271 municipalities in the state. And, you know, if you go to a statewide meeting, there are some that they won't even sit together and eat lunch, wow. you know, because it's just so contentious. And I'm very glad we're not at that place in Anderson. I mean, we, we've got a great group. Again, we don't always dis- we don't always agree, but – you know, I mean, I can sit down and grab a beer after meeting with any of them, and, you know, we can discuss things further or, or just have a civil conversation, which I think that's what people across the state and across the country wish, you know, they saw more often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and kind of piggyback offing off of that, what you are also seeing kind of, I've, I've been curious, you've been seeing growth from the, uh, from the school system side and from the city side of people mm-hmm. coming in. What is that, what does that look like in terms of preparations for the future and c- expecting this growth to continue? Yeah, that's an interesting question because we've actually, uh, like, uh, I can use this, put the school district hat on. So we had a demographic study that was conducted. Uh, that was something we did through my department that finalized December of 21, I believe, is when it was finalized. And actually, uh, we're losing a few students. Um, yeah, so we're seeing growth overall in the number of population moving in, but a lot of them are not of childbearing age, or they're oh. cho- and some of those who are of childbearing age are moving outside of our school districts. So that's kind of interesting. So we've lost about half a percent of population over the last year. Now, some of that's being offset by the new growth mm-hmm. that's coming in and some of the new development. So uh, right now, the development is not outpacing the resources that we have at the school level, but you had to factor in other things, obviously, you know, road infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, things, you know, things of that nature. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think everybody sees a lot of growth going up, you know, in the Midway area right, right. now, kind of moving north of the city. And so those are definitely conversations that you have about, okay, well, you know, how do you do, you know, allocations to schools and classroom size? And those are always, you know, big topics, you know, obviously you want to do what you can to maybe avoid redrawing school lines. Um, but I, I think that, Again, growth to a certain degree is just inevitable by the sheer number of people moving here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you see the number of people who are moving from out of state here, uh, especially over the last few years coming out of COVID. Um, we've seen a spike in it. We've seen businesses relocate to Anderson. I know the Chamber's been involved in a lot of relocations. Uh, county economic development, city economic development's out there recruiting each and every day. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I think a lot of that comes back to the, the – smart attraction um, for certain jobs and roles and responsibilities because you, you want to make sure you're attracting high quality high paying jobs here because it's it's funny because even from my time from when I started on council in 16 you know now seven years later there are incentives we probably would have given as a council seven years ago that I mean we wouldn't even like consider it all now mm-hmm. just because the, the game has changed a lot the last few years I mean you have people seeking us out uh, they, they view Anderson as a great opportunity and, you know, you want to leverage that to your advantage. You don't want to be taken advantage of. And so yeah. that mindset mindset has shifted a lot. Yeah. That's cool. Hmm. As far as, um, you know, you, you talk about growth and stuff like that, what does the future for, for D5 look like right now? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, you said we're, we're well suited to, to handle, um, you know, currently the the student population and stuff right. like that. But, you know, I've sat in on, uh, or I've I've been to a couple, um, you know, council meetings and stuff yeah. like that. And the hot topic right now is new housing developments yeah. and stuff like that. And that brings families and kids. So you obviously have to be proactive and not reactive in the sense of like, okay, well, teaching-wise, staffing-wise, maybe, you know, what does it look like? What would a number look like where you may have to build another elementary school? You know, right. like things like that. What growth-wise, what is the what does the future of D five look like? I mean, yeah. um, with with all like Jonathan said, it's a similar question, but more so based on, you know, what would it take for you know another school to be implemented, or how how do you you know plan right now with like the two ways and stuff out there? Mm-hmm. If you're building. 800 new houses or whatever it may be. Okay, well, the two lane, that's a, you know, different things like that where right. you're you're growing responsibly. Yeah, right now, I mean, the good thing is we're facing kind of like slow and steady growth, which that's the growth you want to see, mm-hmm. particularly from a school side. Um, District 1 does an amazing job, but obviously Powdersville is, they're not slow and steady in Powdersville. You know, yeah. that, that population is, is, is blowing up. And 
I know that's a challenge for, you know, school districts one and I'm, you know, Rock Hills faced in the state, you know, Charleston's faced it to some degree. And so, you know, whenever you have a population surge, it's very difficult Mm because, you know, it's not like you can turn around and build a building very quickly or get the funding or or sell bonds. So, so that, that's a challenge. So you want slow and steady growth uh, when it comes to planning for future school, uh, schools or school allocations or however you want to phrase it. Um, You know, the one thing that, you know, people tend to forget sometimes is, you know, when students move into a district or when they move into a school zone, they don't come in nice little pockets of like 22 for a classroom, you know. So sometimes that's yeah. why you'll see, okay, you know, we're up maybe 10 or 12. So, you know, maybe the class size at this school is maybe two or three higher per class than maybe the school down the road. Uh, but that number's always fluctuating just because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't add – a teacher every time you go over by, you know, just a handful of students. Uh, so that's why sometimes you'll see class sizes dip down, you know, the the average number, sometimes they go above. Uh, you know, like even using the high school as an example, pretty much at no time are all the students on campus at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's one thing that, you know, people tend to forget, you know, that you've got buses running shuttles over to AIT. you got students doing dual enrollment at Tri-County Technical College, Anderson University. You've got them in the weight room. A lot of your seniors are only taking a handful of classes each. So even though, you know, you may have 1,900 students, you know, on the roster, very rarely or really never, truthfully, are they all on campus at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, and so, and sometimes, you know, we may have, um, you know, again, you know, I'll reference back to my wife being a special education teacher. Some schools have um, a special ed population that is representative of not only the school that they're zoned for, but they're drawn from other schools too, just because of resources and, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes it's cost prohibitive to have certain items at certain schools. So you can always look at maybe, you know, relocating certain uh, specific classroom program programs to, to other schools to provide those services. So there's some options that you can do. Uh, the, the district built several years ago, you know, a handful of elementary schools, built some new middle schools. I added on just several years ago to Robert Anderson Middle School, did a $14 million addition to, to add space out there. So... Uh, it's something that you constantly had to pay attention to, but we're in a pretty good spot uh, moving forward as is. So, yeah. again, you know, that slow and steady growth is one thing. It's, it's when you see a massive spike in population where all of a sudden you've got thousands yeah. of new kids in a short mm-hmm. period of time that that's very, very difficult. And that's typically when you got to ask, you know, for something like a bond referendum. And, you know, that that's hard, you know, especially in today's political climate, you know, going and asking for things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys always uh, constantly looking for new things to add? to the uh the tech center just over and over and over yeah okay yeah yeah and you know a lot of the the space in there the classroom space is actually built uh it's it's flex space so a lot of it is you know polished concrete floors a lot of electrical outlets and things like things like that because what may be the hot topic right now hey mechatronics is it right now you know Mm -hmm. it's the go-to in 20 years who knows you know maybe it's phased out maybe there's something new and exciting or or, you know, high paying. So, yeah, all that, pretty much all that lab space is extremely flexible so that, you know, you can implement things. And there are industry advisory boards to where you've got people from, you know, the Sergeant Metals and the TTIs and, you know, Bosch, you know, the, the automotive labs, the Granger Automotive Lab. Um, so you've got local buy-in from business and industry because, you know, they're hurting for to fill a lot of these roles. Um, you know, again, you know, Granger Nissan is a great example. I mean, the number of students that we have who are trained on equipment that the equipment at AIT that they see in the Granger Automotive Lab is the same stuff that they would see if they worked at Granger Nissan. That's so cool. Um, and so, you know, they're they're being trained while they're in high school on equipment that you know they'll make good money operating. Mm-hmm. You know, when they graduate. Yeah. 
that's cool. Yeah. So you're saying in the future there may be like an AI a programming uh, <laughs> class. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Actually, uh, Dr. Couch, the executive director over there, he's done some research on AI, actually. So, you know, he's uh, on the forefront of that. So, yeah, you never know what uh, what you're going to see in the future. So it's an ever-evolving space, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. That's so fun. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to hear the leadership and stuff that's going on, you know, on your end with Anderson District 5. I think, you know, we were talking um, with Rebuild Upstate with some of those guys yesterday, and they were saying their kind of mission and what they want to do, Jake's perspective at least, was just saying that um, he wants to see Anderson be better just because, like, his he wants a better generation, like a better Anderson for his kids. Um, and, you know, you being a, a, a father and a, and a parent, obviously that's – a little bit more um, prevalent to you, but uh, I mean, you're not only looking after your two children, you're looking after, you know, 12,000, like you said, and those 12,000 kids and amongst the other, um, you know, four school districts, like they deserve a good Anderson. They deserve um, an Anderson that people want to stay around and not, you know, leave or, you know, people want to move to. So I think whether that's a D five thing or whether that's a city council thing, um, it seems to me that that's your passion is for providing, and improving um, the the living quality of Anderson, the education of Anderson, so that these kids that are graduating um, want to stick around here and want to have a better experience than you know maybe their parents had here. Mm-hmm. No, so. Exactly. There's no reason we can't have the best right here in Anderson. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's super cool. Um, do you guys have anything else for for Kyle? Sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Kind of how we like to wrap this up is just asking um, our, our guests what, what their why is for Anderson. I mean, you've probably touched on it here and there. Um, but Anderson's obviously a great place to be. The people here are incredible. The businesses are great. Um, and that's that's why we started this podcast, just because we love it so much. Yeah. And we like talking about the really awesome um, businesses and, and, and growth and stuff that's happened here. So for you, for your perspective, I mean, you said you started a family here. You moved here. You've been here 10 years now. And yeah. hopefully you're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, Um, So you're very invested, but what's your why for sticking around here? What's your why for Anderson? Uh, My why is really, it's it's kind of evolved, uh, you know, since I moved here, you know, I found Anderson so welcoming to, to my wife and I, and then now, I mean, this is the place we chose to, to put down roots, start a family. Um, It's funny because, I feel like I continue to continually get more and more invested in the community that yeah. I serve. And, and I mean, that's a great feeling. And especially now, 10 years in, you know, the relationships and the friendships that I've made and, you know, seeing my kids grow up here and, and to them, I mean, this is the only place they've ever known. Yeah. You know, that's Anderson, cool. and, yeah, yeah. Anderson's home, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and so, I mean, that's my why is just, you know, making it better for them, making it better for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited. I, I, I think, especially the city council role, I think would be much more difficult if I didn't like feel the, the, the possibilities of the future, I guess. Cause yeah. I think especially those who have been involved in local government the last few years, I, mean, I think everybody kind of sees the, the trajectory that we're on. And I mean, I think we have some great opportunities just ahead. Yeah. I think we just had to capitalize on them. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, keep this momentum going. Cause I think for the first time in a long time, people are very excited about some of the momentum that we've got. Mm. So uh, I just want to capitalize on that yeah. and, and keep chugging along. And uh, hopefully, you know, things keep working out and yeah. moving in the right direction. Well, it's because of guys like you um, and, and the leadership at, at D5 and the leadership, mm-hmm. at, especially on city council, that there is so much momentum and there's so much to be excited about. And, I mean, man, Anderson looks a lot different than it did 10 years ago, I'm assuming. Oh, and yeah. it's going to look way different 10 years from now. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Kyle, thank you so much for being with us yes, today. Thank you. Thank you for thank all you. you do for Anderson. Um, thank you for your impact and your investment here. Um, we truly can't thank you enough. So thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks for the thank opportunity. You, Kyle. Thank you for listening. And check us out on your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Facebook at Electric City Buzz Podcast and on Instagram at Electric City Buzz Pod.